Coming up this week, off screen. The Incredibles are back for another adventure. Dwayne Johnson takes on a skyscraper. Ethan the Hawk leads the first reformed. Al-Qaeda takes us down a path of blood. Vertigo returns for its 60th anniversary. We learn the secret of Marabone. And there's high-speed romance for Racer and the Jailbird. All those to come and more, off screen. This is... This is off screen. Off screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Connor. And I am Case Allen. So, Mr. Allen, another fun week of, uh, of films uh, our yeah. way. So, we, uh, we went to the movies together. We did, that so, so rarely happens, I know. Yeah. Um, and of rarely. course, we had the pleasure of, it was, uh, it was Skyscraper. Yeah. Because so, it's got to be a big event film to get us together. To bring us together, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both had a piece of, like, a medallion each. That's what and it was. We, Unify. Yeah, Unify. Unified it. <laughs> so, um, so much fun to come this week. Got a box office top five, uh, usual film news and fun. But we need some news to kick us off. So, what is the biggie story this week, Mr. Allen? What you got for me? i got some news for you. Well, actually, I've, I've got a question for you. Um, who is cooler than a cold 45 on a hot summer's day? Not, not Billy D. The very same. Say it ain't so, Billy D. What's Billy D done? He's got himself a job. He's got himself his old job. He's wait, 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 wait! Don't, don't tell me he's finally going to be Harvey Dent in a Batman movie for reals. Well, that we need to see <laughs> <laughs> in, in the next Batman movie. That we definitely old, do. Old, old man Dent. That's what I want. <laughs> no, um, L- Lando is going to be back. Oh yes, episode, the episode OG nine. Lando. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the last surviving like human member of the original cast now, isn't he? Yeah, um, and we need to get some legacy character, in. <laughs> and and Lando is the best. So Billy Dee's going to be back as Lando in that, episode nine. That had to have been planned, didn't it? Like the head of yeah. ahead of Solo, that had to have been part of the plan because otherwise. Why make that grand song and dance with getting Donald Glover and making it such making a fun... Lando cool again? Yeah, making Lando and then bringing the OG Lando back, yeah. and then we'll clearly get the the Donald Glover spin-off down the line. They've been they've been preparing us for like the Siege of Lando. That's what yes, it is. they have. Oh, I would watch a film called that, The Siege of Lando. There was, there was a uh, there was a rumor that he was going to be uh, in episode eight. Um, do you know when Lando, they go yeah. they go to the casino yes. planet? And he he was just going to either own. A casino, or just, <laughs> or just, just, be there. just playing a game, yeah. Frankly, which I, I could see. I think I, I think I was bracing myself the first time I saw episode eight. The first time I saw last year, like, um, I think I was bracing myself during that casino scene for like, mm. oh, this will be where they drop a surprise cameo, yeah. and it never came. I, I remember I only thought it, it the first time, but yeah, but he he will be back. He will. I can't yeah. wait. So happy about that news. No, that's so good, isn't it? And I, you know, I, I love that photo of uh, Billy D. Williams and, and Donald Glover together. Oh, is that when Billy um, D's wearing like a black cravat? Yes. <laughs> no, and, a, and a red jacket blazer. Oh, he so. is still cool as all hell. He is. But, uh, cool in the cold 45. So, uh, before we get to more cool, uh, as hell, um, and Frozone specifically and The Incredibles, uh, we're going to plug the podcast. So that's, uh, the extended version of this show with all the film news and reviews that we can't fit in the actual radio edit. Um, so go along to, uh, Acast, iTunes, uh, pick your podcast platform preference and, uh, find us in there. We're on like, uh, TuneIn, Spotify, things like that. Any podcast repository of sorts. Um, in the meanwhile, we need to get to the first review of the week, which is, of course, um, well, a long belated Pixar sequel. I think you must have been looking forward to it as well. Well, yeah. I've got two eyes and a heart, don't I? 
<laughs> so The Incredibles 2 is upon us. And it's been, how long is it? About 16, 15? 14 14 years, years think, yeah. since the, is it 2004, The Incredibles? It is. So uh, it's now 14 years later. In the events of the continuity of The Incredibles, it's about, ooh, you know, 14 seconds later. It literally opens with mm. the ending of the first movie, with The Underminer. The Underminer. And uh, having uh, then embarked and outed themselves to the public as The Incredibles, um, well, the family are uh, are uh, introduced to um, a sort of marketing man, a corporate tycoon who really believes in superheroes, voiced by Bob Odenkirk, so you can kind of already get the sense of the character just from that bit of casting, um, who decides he wants to rebrand and uh, pub- basically pub- run a publicity campaign for superheroes to get them no longer, to get them uh, de- you know legal again, basically, to legitimise them. And he wants to do this by using Elastigirl, because he thinks from a marketing perspective, that's their best chance. So Elastigirl gets to go and enjoy the limelight for a change, which is a whole new experience for her and the meanwhile you've got uh, Mr. Incredibles forced to be the stay-at-home dad and has to deal with the minutiae of day-to-day things has to deal with the teenage daughter's uh, boyfriend troubles he has to deal with uh, his young son's attention span and homework he has to deal with a baby as well and of course it all becomes a bit too much of all sorts and we have a clip let me ask you something what is the main reason you were all forced underground ignorance perception Take today, for example, with the Underminer. Difficult situation. You were faced with a lot of hard decisions. Oh, tell me about it. I can't. Because I didn't see it. Neither did anyone else. So, when you fight bad guys like today, people don't see the fight or what led up to it. They see what politicians tell them to see. They see destruction, and they see you. So, if we want to change people's perceptions about superheroes, we need you to share your perceptions with the world. How do we do that? With cameras. We need you to share your perceptions with the world. How do we do that? So, the idea then becomes one about rebranding and and brand management and, and how to handle a fan base and rile that fan base up. So... There's some topic, some topicality in there in the sense that there was kind of preemptively in the first movie because Syndrome did turn out to be this weird sort of poster child for uh, the millennial era internet hate dumb <laughs> kind of community. Fanboys. Yeah, for, for Star Wars For fans. fandom, for fandom, yeah. yeah. Um, so there was that sort of weird bit of prophecy in that. And this time around, you've got sort of a similar thing with the idea of a fan base being uh, enabled to be riled up and used as a catalyst for change. But in the meanwhile, you've also got a lot more of the domestic humour this time around. And... The knock-on effect of that for me is, I mean, when you think of The Incredibles, do you do you enjoy the sort of the domestic elements of it when when it gets to the the husband and wife, you know, father, the depressed father kind of element? Yeah, I guess that's like where a lot of the charm is. That's it for me, funny. and I think this time around, I think because there's something so much goofier about Mister Incredible's storyline, it makes those those domestic scenes not work on quite as visceral a level. It doesn't work on quite as an, quite emotive a level. Um, having said that. You get so much more of the, the superheroics this time. The Edna Mode cameo is about twice as long and twice as funny, and she cements <laughs> her place just forevermore. That, that, that voice is incredible. It's the voice you always want to impersonate. Yeah. Have- it's, it's Brad Bird. It is. It, yeah. it, it's it's a terrific performance as well, and you get to see a lot more of the fun side of that character this time, uh, because you know baby element. But um, that's. I mean, for me on the whole, I thought it was a very fun, very enjoyable sequel. I thought it, it it was bigger. It was it was punchier. It just didn't have the emotional stuff that the first movie had. Hmm. And okay. it's not to say the reason any, but it's it, comparatively, it's like Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. 
you know, Finding Dory is still a very emotional film, but yeah. it won't, you know, it won't reduce you to rubble in any way of the pace. I know that, a lot of uh, people, but Nemo it does. has. Really? Yeah, and, and I think the same will be the same. I mean, I've not seen Incredibles 2, but I feel like the same will be the same for Incredibles 2. Well, I mean, Cars 2 in no way affected me on the same emotional level that Cars did. I'm just going to be honest. No, uh, well, I didn't get that emotional when the truck, but I hate, goes to Italy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Um, Cars 3 actually wasn't that bad. Cars 3 wasn't terrible, was it? It was quite, it was quite fun for what it was. Yeah, it was Rocky in the first one, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it worked. Combined. But, uh, no, so Incredibles, so much more in the way of the, you know, the superhero uh, world building. All that stuff. So Frozone, for instance, we actually get to see more of what these characters represent within their, you know, their, their larger superhero community. Mm. And the idea that, for instance, uh, the Incredibles and, and Frozone are elder statesmen. They, they're treated like the same way that like Mick Jagger would be treated, for yeah. instance. And it's a nice, nice touch. And it all feels like it takes place in, you know, in that way that the first movie had that sort of 50s aesthetic going for it. This seems to have pushed it more towards the late 60s, more towards the, uh, the Lost in Space kind of era. More in the, Irwin, is it Irwin Allen I'm thinking of? Yeah, I believe Who did so. Lost in Space? Yeah. It wasn't Irwin Allen, was it? I, I, it been. I, but, I don't know. Uh, you know, that, that yeah. same cool 60s aesthetic. Good for lot. you if you got my reference. <laughs> That's the first of two Irwin Allen references I'll make this week because we've got to talk about Skyscraper later. But, uh, yeah, so if you like the first one, you'll like this, but you'll like it about 5% less, maybe. On the whole, that's good because I like the first one one hundred and five percent. That, that's what I so mean. That's, like, that's you, you love the first movie. You, you'll, you'll really, really like this. That's how I felt about Finding Dory. So it, exactly. I'm not going to be disappointed. No, I go with that. So yeah, I would say it is Finding Dory level. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the On Screen Radio Show. Ah, we're back and still getting used to wearing clav mics, because <laughs> we're just so much goofier today. I am so relaxed. I know, it's great to do I'm this on the sofa. You're on sofas. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, so, um, so we, uh, we've got like four films to get through. I want to give each one like two minutes so we can give each one equal coverage and we can fit everything in. That sounds fair. I am. Path of Blood. Path of Blood is fascinating. Okay, so... It's the most metal title this week. It really is, isn't it? It, it does sound like it should be a Pantera album. <laughs> Pantera presents Path of Blood. That would absolutely work. But no, this is um, on a much more serious note. This turns out that about 10 years ago, the uh, Saudi intelligence service recovered, a l- during a raid on an Al-Qaeda uh, base, they recovered a lot of home home, home footage, basically. Uh, basically, camcorder footage shot by members of the Al-Qaeda cell. And now, years later... A documentary filmmaker has taken all of this footage, poured through it all for us, and actually gone and constructed what ultimately amounts to a narrative. So what you get is the first documentary, and this is this is the, the claim the film makes, the first documentary shot by Al-Qaeda. So that's a hell of a hook, right? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So, because it's shot by Al Qaeda, they uh, they don't squeam away from showing certain things that you know an ordinary documentarian, for instance, might wince at. So, for instance, there are prolonged sequences of torture. There are uh, mass executions. There are uh, there's a massacre, a, a, an ultimate massacre that um, after it's actually taken place, they actually send the younger members of the cell through to document. It's really really harsh. It comes to us by uh, Jonathan Hacker. It is. Um, it, it's just a really brutal watch. I mean, it's fascinating. You can't look away, but it's really, really hard. Do you remember that one a couple of years ago? Maybe last year, uh, City of Ghosts. 
Yeah, I remember that, yeah. It's nominated for uh, Best Documentary. That was the one, yes. Th- that was really difficult. This is actually somehow more difficult to sit through. Very harsh, very brutal, and just fascinating. Vertigo. Right, I imagine you might have seen Vertigo, Mr. Allen. Once or twice, yeah. <laughs> so Vertigo has been re-released uh, for its 60th anniversary this year. Yes. And fascinatingly yes. comes out in the same week as Skyscraper. So, oh, that is a double bill. That that is, isn't it? So you do, could you do it the other way around? Because Skyscraper would give you the Vertigo to then sit through and sympathise in Vertigo. So Vertigo is, of course, the classic Hitchcock film in which uh, I want to say Jimmy Stewart. It is Jimmy Stewart, correct? Because I, I now interchange him in my head with uh, Tom Hanks, thanks to you, because you said Tom Hanks is this generation. He's, he's the new Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. yeah, and when you watch Vertigo now, which of course I did because of this uh, this re-release, I, I had that stuck in my head. So thanks for that case. But how right am I? You are absolutely right, yes. So, of course, uh, this is the story of a police, de- uh, a former police, is he a detective, lieutenant, who's detective. undergone detective. He's had a traumatic incident on the job where another officer has died. It's left him with a debilitating sense of vertigo, uh, which then triggers his, like, panic attacks, kind of, he has. And uh, he is hi- he's left the force. He's gone independent. He is hired by an old college friend to basically surveil and protect his uh, his fiance, uh, but of course, this being a Hitchcock film, there's there's always more to it than that, isn't there? So, uh, what then follows is a tale of intrigue and suspense in classic Hitchcockian fashion. So, Mr. Allen, your thoughts on Vertigo? I love Jimmy Stewart. I went through like a big Jimmy Stewart phase, I think, when I discovered Vertigo. Oh, that old that we all got that when we're like twelve or thirteen, you know, the Jimmy Stewart phase. Yeah, well, obviously it starts with it's it's one for life, and then everything else. I mean, you try to talk like him. It's true. It's performance, though. Yeah. In the and you see giant rabbits everywhere. And, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's. I, I do think he's great in uh, in Vertigo. Wasn't the whole thing for a long, long time that uh, the film wasn't financially successful, and and Hitchcock blamed himself for ruining Jimmy Stewart's career. Yeah. And then the film went on to become regarded as a classic in later years, and nowadays we have it as just this treasure, treasure of cinema, mm. and deservedly so. Also, I think it's one of the most iconic movie producers ever. Uh, uh, movie poster, sorry, oh, ever put God, together. Yeah. It's beautiful. But having said that, I mean, do you notice when you sit through it now, you look at the talent that's that's listed in the credits, and you think, wow. I mean, this has got... Uh, you know, I mean, like everything else we've done. Yeah, like yeah. Bernard Herrmann and Elmer yeah. Bernstein. And, well, the score is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. really beautifully put together thriller. And it's still thrilling now. It still works as a as a really engaging thriller. That poster's been done so many times as well. And that... That font as well. <laughs> I know, it's, I'm just trying to think like uh, other posters, like um, uh, uh, "Burn After Reading" by Bacoma. Yes, pretty exactly. Much the same yeah. font, isn't it? Yeah, I mentioned that's because of the color scheme they used as well. I imagine that had to have been intentional yeah. as well. But uh, no, I mean it really holds up. It's 60 years old, and uh, don't yeah. get me wrong, it has the style of it. Obviously, has changed, but this is old old Hollywood at its finest. If you've not seen it, I mean, you've had 60 years. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Go and see. If you've never seen it, do treat yourself to seeing it on the big screen too. And if you have seen it, then you probably already love it enough to want to go and check it out. Yeah, you've you've probably never been higher than a second story building. Racer and the Jailbird. You're going to love this one, Case. You're going to love this. Is it about a racer and the Jailbird? (laughs) Right. Um, In a sense, yes, it is. (laughs) In a sense. (laughs) In every sense. (laughs) Right, so the idea idea here is you basically got... um, Do you remember the town? The, the Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, yeah. Jeremy Jeremy Renner, Renner, uh, yeah. Right. Imagine, I like that film. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty good, right. Okay. Imagine if you you tried to make a Michael Manified version of uh, of, of, of the, the town, town. right? Uh, but you wanted to make it French. Instead of Ben Affleck, you had Matty Shoes. I'm in. 
You're in, aren't you? That, that's a solid sell. Okay, so this comes... This is directed by uh, Michael Roskam. Don't know his work offhand, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's a, it stars um, Matt, Matea Schoenartz. Because I keep... Why or or Matty Shoes. Or Matty Shoes, yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to have to... I made several attempts to try and learn this surname. Okay, so she's Adele Exarchopoulos. 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 Okay. Adele Exarchopoulos. Right, she right, this is where it gets better. He plays Gigi, she plays BB. Great. Okay, you're in. Great. You're in, right? You're, How are we spelling that? Right. G I G I and B I B I. Okay. Not double G, double B. No, no, no. That's what we're good. G I G I and B I B I. Okay, so Gigi and BB. Okay. She works for a successful uh, a, a car merchant type in the sort of Formula One world. And he is basically he basically poses with uh, with his his gang of cronies, his childhood friends, as a pit crew and and the car a car company owner himself, or a car dealer, as it was, car importer and exporter. And in reality, he's basically like Ben Affleck in, in the town. He's off doing bank robberies and things. Okay, this is the idea. He then forms this star-crossed love with BB. They become an inseparable couple. They are, you know, the, the greatest uh, couple that could ever be. However, she knows something is not quite legitimate about what he's doing, and you can all sort of guess where this kind of has to go. Okay? But it's Matty Shoes, who's brilliant in this. I mean, when is he not? But uh, So Matty Shoes in there, absolutely brilliant. Um, you've got uh, Adele Exarchopoulos, who I think is tremendous as well. Got something of a sort of Rachel McAdams-y quality to quality to her. Like if this got remade, you could imagine Rachel McAdams doing it. You know, in that... Uh, yeah. Who is it that did the uh, Love Crime remake a couple of years ago? I, I don't know. It was Brian De Palma. It was, was Brian it? De Palma who did uh, Love Crime or whatever it was called. I forget. But you know the one. It had Numeria Pace in it. But yeah, this is genuinely great. This is a solid thriller. I absolutely loved the hell out of it. As a Matty Shoes fan, you're going to be in for a whale of a time. Because I know you love a good Matty Shoes performance. I do. And there you go. Absolutely check it out. That is Race from the Jailbird out Friday the 13th. The Secret of Marrowbone. Right, The Secret of Marrowbone, which is the latest sort of chilling haunted house tale for British teens? Tweens, yeah. Tweens, is it? It's got a, it's got a kid from Stranger Things in it. That's the thing. It, you know, I looked at the cast, cast list going into this, and I thought to myself, it's, it, if you were kind of like a, a 15-year-old girl, this would be like The Avengers or St. Elmo's Fire. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're so often compared together. Yeah, you know, that kind of way. But it's got, like, Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things. It's got uh, gorgeous George Mackay, as Kerbo calls him, uh, Mia Goth, Anya Taylor-Joy. You're like, okay, so basically you've got the full spread of of young sort of teen actors who are, uh, are entertaining us in dramas at this moment in time. And uh, this is the story of uh, a, fa- a, a group of children who um, their mother dies as they have uh, just as they have moved into her childhood home for which the move during the move they take on her family name of Marabone. The eldest son George Mackay is 20 years old and he is told you must not you must keep my death a secret until he, until you turn 21 and can then legally keep your brothers and sisters. And of course, into this mix comes an estate lawyer who wants to finalise the sale and if that starts poking around the family's fortunes. And uh, this coincides, wouldn't you know it, with the appearance of them of their mother as a malevolent ghost in the house. We have a clip. Jack Fairbairn. It's Marabone. Now. We go by my mother's last name. Right. Well, uh speaking of which, the other heirs have finally signed off. 
and I need to collect the transfer charges on the estate. I'll come around the house tomorrow. Does your mother have a bank check ready for $200? She's quite unwell. Perhaps it would be best if I took the papers and I have my mother sign them and bring them back to you. I need to certify the signatures. I'll be there tomorrow. Noon. So it really wants some of that, some of the more artful, dramatic side of, for instance, the woman in black, you know, the, the first Daniel Radcliffe one. The problem is it's never quite gripping enough. And the cast are all kind of likable if, I mean, for instance, Charlie Heaton, a little bit underused. But, uh, yeah, it just never quite comes together for me. The direction seems a little bit overblown for what it actually is. And ultimately, I came away with that feeling of, do you ever like Mama? Yes. You wanted, just, just yeah, you yeah. wanted the best from Mama, didn't you? It, it just it let you down. It never quite got there. This is like that. It's not malicious about it. It's just not quite there. And I was a little, little disappointed in that. But, uh, you know, it's it, it's got a good cast that you can enjoy for like an hour 40. I mean, in some creepy settings that are basically competently shot, but, you know, directorially a little bit overblown. But, uh, yeah, I suppose if you are that 15-year-old girl, then you'll probably uh, get get out of it what you put in. Latest film news and reviews. This is Off Screen. The On Screen Radio Show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do, do you feel spiritually well at this moment in time? Do you feel centered within your place religiously in the universe? What does religiously mean? I, I Well, theologically in the universe, but uh, I ask because we're going to get spiritual. With Ethan Hawke. With Ethan Hawke. In an A24 film. It is, isn't it? It's an A24 yeah. film, which actually I didn't know until you just pointed it out to me. So thank you for that, because it now actually explains an awful it, lot it about what sense. I think about this <laughs> why, film. Why is it all blue? <laughs> <laughs> why is everyone using this Shyamalan framing? It's so weird. Um, but, okay, so First Reformed, which is the latest film from Paul Schrader. Yeah. And when was the last time we saw Paul Schrader? Was it Dog Eat Dog with Nicolas Cage? I think so. <laughs> you said that with such, like, choking pride. Yeah. <laughs> so Dog Eat Dog with uh, Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe, I believe it was. Mm. Um, so he's back, and he could not have picked a more different film to return with. So this is the story of um, of, of the uh, the preacher at the First Reformed Church, played by Ethan Hawke, um, who welcomes in... Uh, welcomes in a parishioner one day, played by Amanda Seyfried, a heavily pregnant Amanda Seyfried, um, and he's told um, that her boyfriend is having something of a crisis of faith, uh, brought on by his having discovered the existence of climate change and then become an activist for it. So Ethan Hawke visits him, decides to hear him out, hear his side of the story, and what then follows is a sequence of events that leaves Ethan Hawke's character absolutely shaking shaking in his faith. His faith is gone, he, he doesn't quite know what to do, and he doesn't quite know how to express his, his disillusionment and his rage. Uh, we have a clip. I wasn't aware that I had offended. Jesus didn't want our suffering. He suffered for us. Mm-hmm. He wants our commitment and our obedience. And what of his creation? The heavens declare the glory of God. God is present everywhere in every plant, every river, every tiny insect. The whole world is a manifestation of his holy presence. I think this is an issue where where the church can lead, but but they say nothing. The, The U.S. Congress still denies climate change? 
where were we when these people were elected? So there's a bit of casting you don't hear every day, Case. Cedric the Entertainer. It was literally just on his IMDb page. <laughs> I saw him in the trailer when I uh, watched the trailer for this film. Yeah. yeah. You just don't expect him, do you? He's not down um, as being Cedric the Entertainer in this. Is he he's, not? What's he actually down as? Um, Cedric the Thespian. Well, oh, no, no really? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah. Cedric, uh, Cedric Kyles, Cedric which Kyle. must be his his actual name. His, well, his yeah, name, yeah, true. Yeah, it must be like, because I think uh, 50 Cent tends to be Curtis Jackson, Jackson sometimes now. Or uh, 10 Bob when he's in the UK. Uh, or or yeah, I think on Escape Plan 2, he's uh, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> his fame's not quite there yet. So, um, <laughs> right, so this was um, really fascinating. I didn't expect to get an awful lot out of this. The poster leaves you with a sense that, oh, is it a horror movie? You go into it and you think, okay, it's actually more of a drama. What it is then is an existential uh, horror film, in a sense. It does. It, it is a drama, but it has this sense of absolute existential horror. Mm. That chilling... And the fact, like, you've told me that it's an A24 film, it absolutely makes, makes sense, sense because it's that sense of dread, isn't it? Like, hereditary. Yeah. And it follows. They love that the films with that sense of looming dread throughout. And this is very much one of those. Um, where it goes is really fascinating. You wouldn't quite expect it. Having said that, it, this is not a crowd pleaser. I think it's too slow, uh, too slow burning, uh, too laboured a character drama, too, a little too, too beneath the surface a character drama to really satisfy a popcorn crowd. But uh, for you or I, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Standard. Standard, yeah. you know. You know, when we sit and watch Sandic in New York and films like that. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst having my roast dinner on a Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, shall we uh, do the top five for the week, then? I think we better add. Number five. Tag. Which is fun, isn't it? Yeah, We've- I don't know. It's, I'll watch it when it's on Netflix again, probably one day in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think you and I did did have that that little chat about uh, can they really joke about that in a movie? But yeah. uh, I thought about it some more. I think mm. yes, we probably can in the sense that in comedy, nothing is really out of bounds. Oh no, 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 that's absolutely yeah, true. That's fine. Yeah. However, in that kind of film, mm. it's not something that you expect. So I don't know if it's just. It's there for, like, the sheer shock value. Well, I mean, I, I, I presume that's the actual reason it's there. Anyway, other than that, they're the cast of fun, aren't they? Yeah, it's good to, like, see them all together. I, I wish that, like, each member had maybe a little bit, like, 15 20% more to do, or <laughs> yeah. just more stuff about their character rather than just, like... That one's the stoner. Yeah, that yeah. One, yeah, that one. That one's the uh, the sort that of one the was weird obsessed one. with the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get what you mean. That's the yeah. successful business. That's the John Ham type. <laughs> the John Ham. <laughs> John Ham plays the John Ham type, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And Ed Helms is the Ed Helms type. But, he he uh, is just Andy from The Office. Yeah, absolutely. Is. Yeah. yeah, but they're all great at doing that. I yeah. think Isla Fisher is especially good, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Do we have a a tweet on uh, on tag? Has someone uh, given us their two bits? Have they? <laughs> Yeah, we have, I think. At Ahmed Slays. Great name. It is. Great it is. name. So Tag was literally so good. Don't think he knows what literally means. No, I don't think yeah. he does. No. Uh, so good in capital letters as well. Um, I feel like I want to spend the rest of my life playing Tag now. Hashtag Tag Movie. And of course, it's based on a true story of a group of mates in America who played Tag for years and years and years. Number four. Sicario 2 subtitle <laughs> you know the weird part like I think I, think, I forget who it was uh, it was one of the critics who asked me what does Sicario mean again and Sicario means Hitman that's it and I went <laughs> yeah. I literally said Sicario means Hitman 
No, no, I, think I went in Mexican. Sicario oh, yeah, means Hitman. Thing, yeah. Went in Mexican. Sicario means. Why do you say it like that? Because that's literally the tagline of the first yeah. movie. It and was they, such a big part of it. Yeah, and they missed a trick not doing it with the sequel. Going in Mexican, soldado, soldado means soldier. Right. And maybe then you could have just called it soldado. But uh, the title thing annoys me. But the film, I think, is very good, yeah. and it has gotten an absolute kicking from some critics. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a shit. I saw someone say that it's the Tyler Sheridan franchise part two or chapter two or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, like the, the board of Tyler Sheridan stuff. Yeah. He's great at that. Like, he's he's carving out like a little niche for himself. Yeah, he really is. I mean, yeah. like, Wind River was awesome and Hello High Water was great. I love that film. Oh, man, I, I need to watch, I want to watch Wind River again. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Hello High World was great, too. Um, Sicario is, of course, uh, a modern a modern classic. Uh, Sicario 2 Soldado, or Day of the Soldado, or just Soldado, whatever you want to call it, is maybe not a modern classic, but a really damn good movie. Probably better than it has any right to be. Yeah, better than, yeah. I mean, you expect a sort of cheap cash-in sequel. You don't get I that think that's all. what we all thought it would be. Yeah, you announced. don't. No, not at all. You get something that's a, a lot more, a lot closer to, I don't know, just a 70% trimmed down version of the first movie. Okay. Has anyone tweeted about it? Yes. Um, Jim and Gomez says, Sicario 2 is 10 out of 10, let me tell you. Number three. Oceans 8. Which seems to have its fans, but also seems to have people disappointed by kind of how how pedestrian it seems, I think. It's just pretty fine, the celebrity yeah. cameos, celebrities in nice dresses, celebrities in good suits. I think maybe we're just desensitised by uh, what, what sort of Netflix standard, that we, we pick anything above the average Netflix movie as being uh, pretty decent now. This kind of yeah. just looks like a Netflix movie, actually. It kind of has that feel, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. But the cast are all fun. I mean, you know, Kate Blanchett's out there, you know, Blanchett, having yeah. a great time. She is. And uh, I'm sure Sandra Bull likes uh, that, uh, that three-yearly reminder that uh, she's a star and no one will ever take that away from her. But uh, She's got to ask her, she did it for Diana Hair Blonde. <laughs> and at least we're not getting a Miss Congeniality 3. Um, but yeah, I, I pretty much Miss enjoyed Con- it. Miss Conthreniality. Miss Conthreniality, yeah. oh my God. Come on, New Line, call yeah. us. Michael Caine will do anything. We know this. Yeah, we know that. We've yeah. seen Going in Style. Yeah. But, we, we've, uh, seen, we've seen Jaws 4. <laughs> we've seen Jaws 4. What's the... Uh, the, the Hatton Garden job one he's got coming out something there King oh, of Thieves King of Thieves God, God that looks bad okay so I'm, I'm so in for that film has anyone tweeted on I can't even remember what film now is it Ocean's 8 Ocean's 8 um, at Soldier Litvin says a bit disappointed with Ocean's 8 sorry hashtag Ocean's 8 so much potential but it was just dot 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 flat number two life uh, finds a way Da, na, 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 na. It's Jurassic World. <laughs> well, Jeff Goldblum's in it for a bit, then he's not. The film gets worse. And then I was bored. I wanted to leave. I was just like, he's not going to be in it. Why, why am I here? Yeah, I was very disappointed by that. I really wanted him to have a big, chunky role in the sequel, but uh, never mind. Not everyone gets the Hugh Jackman spot in everyone else's franchise, it seems. But Yeah. Uh, but uh, oh, oh, remind me, remind me to tell you about a Jeff Goldblum movie later uh, in the podcast extras. I've got some. Is it vibes? No, it is not. But we need to talk about that too. Yeah. Um, so no, I uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is a perfectly fun sort of uh, you know reattempt at the Lost World, really. Um, but it's yeah. not really much more than that. No one ever wanted to see the Lost World to begin with. Um, I just sometimes wonder. This doesn't seem like a franchise that really needs to go on. I really do sometimes wish this had stopped with the first one, but, you know, Jurassic World was pretty fun, so that kind of justified Yeah, I think we it. all liked it. I mean, it made yeah. 
bank. Yeah, exactly. And this one, I think, threatens to do some interesting things. But then again, these movies always threaten to do interesting yeah. things, and they never follow them up. So. I hope uh, Laura Dern is in the next one. That's, That's it. What I would Indeed, like to see. I would like to see Sam Neill back as well. Has anyone tweeted? <laughs> do you know what? Someone has uh, Andrew Prendergast. Mm-hmm. Surname, solid name. I feel like Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom in block letters nice. made me feel tired of dinosaurs. <laughs> I think if we genetically recreated dinosaurs in the real world. I probably wouldn't care anymore, and that sucks. Is that not literally the point of Jurassic World? Yes, it is. Fair play. Number one. The first purge, or pre-purge. Semi-purge. 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 So, um, exactly what you expect of a purge sequel at this point. I mean, this franchise has kind of established itself, really, kind of, as this sort of, I don't know, urban action horror franchise, I would say. And this is the most overtly political one yet. I mean, there's a very pointed dig at Trump by a very specific nickname at one point, but um, it's fascinating just how much this franchise has become a cinematic, has become, in reality, the cinematic version of what it's depicting. So if you want that fix every 18 months, two years of just carnage Mm. and bloodshed for, you know, next to no narrative reason other than just an A to B plot, then come and purge yourself by literally watching a movie about the purge. (laughs) And I'm absolutely cool with that because I think it's great that we have that. I think you've pointed out before, in the same way that we need things like the Final Destination. Yeah, it kind of fills that Final Destination void. Yeah. We need back. We do. I like Saw for the same reason, although I'm aware that's a lot darker and it takes itself a bit more Same, seriously. But like we were saying, how much fun it was to have a Saw film back last year when uh, Jigsaw was out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. just so nice to like have these kind of dependable franchises, and I think the Purge is becoming a good like one. That. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I look forward to the second Purge. Or uh, is, is that just where we're going to go now? Or I don't know. We've got the TV series to come though this summer. But so, I still wanted to make films. I feel like the films are always going to be Oh, better. no. Apparently the series is taking place it? around the events of The First Purge, apparently. This is something I heard. Oh, so it's going so to flash out that movie. They're doing what Marvel never did. Yeah. Imagine if that worked out and they actually out-Marveled the MCU. Yeah. But, so has anyone tweeted on The First Purge? They have indeed. At J underscore Mobley says, I know the white folks. That's us. That's well, us. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's me. That's more. half of me. Half, that, of, half me. of me. I know the white folks weren't expecting that one. And then it's like a sideways, crying, laughing face. Hashtag the first purge. Well, With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back for one last ride, Mr. Allen. So, um, have we got a piece of film news to cap off the week? Do you know this Joaquin Phoenix fella? Jo- Joaquin, yes. Joaquin. For years, I thought that was how I pronounced it. The- some but, people say it's the correct pronunciation. I'm familiar with him. I'm familiar with his work, yes. Yeah, in February, he was in talks to be the Joker in a film called The Joker. Oh, good God. Yeah. Did anyone ask for this? What uh, am I saying? Todd Sadie Phillips Sadie? asked for it. Remember Todd Phillips? He's an uh, acclaimed uh, gritty drama filmmaker that brought us The Hangover. And Old School and War Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, I quite like War Dogs. Yeah, War Dogs is all right, actually. Yeah, War Dogs is yeah. fun. Yeah. For, you know, for all its Miles Teller in. And yeah, yeah. Despite having Miles Teller in, it's pretty okay. All, all of that stuff. Uh, that film has been greenlit, and Wacky Phoenix has signed on, officially. Good Lord. Isn't Martin Scorsese producing it as well? Weirdly, they've not clarified that. Have they not? Yeah. Because that I, was I, the rumor, At one point, it? it was going to be, I think, an exact producer on it. Yeah, I remember that being a thing at one stage, because yeah. it's just this weird marriage. Yeah. Of, it's only yeah. going to have a $55 million budget. 
Huh. Which mean, is kind of what the first Deadpool had. Yeah, so in other words, they might actually have to work on telling a story for a change rather Maybe. than, huh, imagine that. And also, Joaquin Phoenix, great actor, but then again, so's Jared Leto. And I think we all remember how Suicide Squad turned out. But uh, I don't think we're going to tattoo Joaquin Phoenix's face <laughs> or anything. would be hilarious stupid. Bitch, right? Yeah. Okay, so I, I got this news on Twitter, and uh, it was, I forget who it was, that said, uh, from now on, we're going to call him Woker. 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 Nice. So I think from now on, if, it, if it's called Joker or The Joker, I yeah. think our title for it forevermore should be The Woker. The Woker. The I'm Woker. In. I yeah. think that's it. So With a, with a soft J. Se- yeah, yeah. Second, seconded. So excellent. Okay, we're good. So on which note, let us turn to something big and fiery for our finale. Let's talk about Skyscraper, which you and I had the pleasure of seeing this morning. We just left the cinema a couple of hours ago. We did. And uh, this is uh, the latest film from Rawson Marshall Thurber, who uh, brought us Central Intelligence. But it's Dodgeball. <clears throat> and Dodgeball, of course. Um, and was one of, he was one of the names banded around uh, to replace Edgar Wright on Ant-Man, if you remember, as well. Oh, uh, for a while. He was, he was one yeah. of the... He was I think he's been doing the rounds about it recently. He's been talking about... Maybe being on a Marvel film, I can I can understand yeah. why because he has that that sensibility, uh, very uh, light and colourful mainstream, uh, you know, A grade filmmaker, you know, dependable workmanlike, but actually sort of really engaging workmanlike, I would say. Mm. Nothing particularly too amazing, but also does seem to recognise a good script, particularly with action comedy, as Central Intelligence proves, and that reteams him here with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Do we still need to keep calling him The Rock, or should Rock we just... Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> John the Dwayne Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so effectively, let's just pitch this one for what it is. So there's Die Hard in a fancy building, and it's on fire, right? Yeah. Right, Dwayne Johnson is a uh, an amputee former FBI tactical agent. Slash gardener, sometimes... The hobbyist florist. Yeah, all these things. Yeah, exactly. All the jobs. All the... He can do anything there is to do because he's he's Dwayne the Jock Ronson. And, yeah. <laughs> and basically, he is hired um, 10 years after his accident when he's married his surgeon, the surgeon who saved his life and started a family of his own, consisting of, of uh, Nev Campbell as the wife and Willow and Jaden Smith as his children. Um, he is hired as the security specialist designed, uh, tasked with signing off on the insurance waiver on the world's tallest building. Um, however, he does realize that during his safety inspection um terrorists will set fire to sorry terrorist arms dealers criminal kind of both. yeah armed terrorist dealers of arms bad guys on, on the business yeah. card it just says bought ass bad guy um <laughs> professional <laughs> bad <TM>. guy <laughs> yeah, exactly um who set fire to one floor in order to trip the building's fancy security system and dwayne johnson who's outside of the building at the time has to break his way back in and fight off the terrorists to save his family here's a clip hi right, kids you guys are gonna go see pandas Daddy's gonna go make that bacon. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Daddy loves who? Me. Daddy loves who? Me. Daddy loves who? Me. 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 Can't me. Me. Confidence. Me. Not confident. Daddy loves who? Me. Me. Okay. Okay. You know what? You're both right because Daddy loves you both. Well, I gotta get a chance. <sighs> you fixed it? As always. <gasps> you really do love me. Eh, come on. <laughs> Here. <laughs> Gross. So we had a lot of fun with this, I believe, didn't we? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I yeah, it time. was so stupid. <laughs> it really was. But it was stupid in the same way that I think, like, San Andreas is. In fact, pretty much exactly the same way that well, San it, Andreas Well, he shares is. a line with San Andreas. Yeah, we, we can't tell you which for spoiler reasons, but there is a great line of dialogue that, that does appear. Yeah. 
And mind you, this is the thing, I think, because... Uh, and there's no one who's really a newcomer to the action genre anymore. I think it's it's such a staple of cinema that everyone's seen an action thriller movie or, you know, or Die Hard or something like that. Um, but I think a lot of people will have fun in the same way that we did, watching this movie saying, ah, ah, that thing's going to come back later in the movie, and ah, ah, watch them yeah. say that again. And there's a lot of fun to be had with that. I mean, all right, it's, it's in the same way, in the sense that Geostorm had that. But, you know, it's it's goofy fun. It's Die Hard on fire. Yeah. It's not quite as as ambitious, I would say, as Die Hard, or as complex, but, you know. I wouldn't even say that Die Hard is ambitious and just... It sets sets the archetypes, doesn't it? I think so. Well, maybe it's just confident. It's not as confident as Die Hard, I would say. It's pretty confident, but it's still not Die Hard confident. No. But uh, If anything, this version of being, like, overconfident in a way that, like, Die Hard, John McClane's like, I'm going to do this without wearing shoes. Yeah. Then Dwayne John says, I'm going to do this one leg. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true, isn't it? (laughs) Are you doing it barefoot? I'm doing it bare... Bare... Bare bare ankled? Yeah. Bare bare legged. I don't know. Bare shinned. Bare shinned. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's some goofy stuff in there. There's some really over-the-top stuff. I mean, Dwayne The Rock Johnson absolutely sells it. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's great fun in the lead, as he always is. I'd argue this is the film that sees him really lacking someone to play off of consistently in the way that we, we sort of enjoy seeing him do. Um, but yeah. it's not it's not too no, much he, to the detriment. He has really good chemistry with Nev Campbell, but obviously they're separated for a lot of the film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of an issue because half the fun of The Rock is seeing other people react to The Rock. Mm. And, you know, this is a diehard thing. So everyone he meets, he's pretty much going to punch in the back of the head. Yeah. And, and, and he, he, you know, he doesn't have an owl. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have an argyle. He doesn't have an argyle. Have an argyle. Yeah, man, he's he's missing. He he's needs. missing the two A's. You need the two A's. <laughs> if you want to be a knockoff diehard, that's what you need. Those, those are two of the A's in the term triple A. But yeah. you know, when we talk about triple A blockbuster, don't skip two of the A's. It was Alan Argyle. I'm like I know that Reginald Val Johnson. I mean, he's he's not going to be hard to get, is he? No, Brooklyn Nine Nine got him recently, didn't they? Did they really? Is yeah, he in Bro- yeah, oh, he's Brooklyn Nine Nine? That makes me so happy, actually, because. Yeah. Jake loves Die Hard so much. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. Hey, hey, Jake from Brooklyn Nine-Nine would love this movie, to be fair. Yeah. I think he would enjoy the hell out of this movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, Nev Campbell, as you point out as well. Um, she has stuff to do. She genuinely does. This yeah. this ain't Holly Gennaro. This is this is a, a genuine female character. Yeah. This is an actual character with agency and purpose and not just the sexy lamp for a change. Which... Did you notice in Die Hard there is a bit of a gaff about her name? Really? Obviously, her name is Holly Gennaro. Yes. There is a bit on the second time, you know, when we type it into the computer to try and find her and stuff. Yes. We type it Gennaro. <laughs> I never noticed Gennaro. that. Yeah, yeah. I never knew that. I've watched that movie a billion times. I've never noticed that. We see it for you a billion and first time this Christmas. Well, I, so I, I will, yeah. Have, have, have a look there. But, uh, so I wouldn't say this is endu- going to be an enduring classic in the way that Die Hard is, but I would say it's, especially the, the image of him leaping off the, of, you know, uh, Dwayne's or whatever he is, running off the crane and jumping into the building. I'd yeah. argue that's going to be one of the more iconic cinematic images of the year. I would say, in a blockbuster sense. That's certainly going to represent this summer. Mm. And um, I love that all three Chinese actors who get the bulk of Chinese roles on US TV and in US political thrillers, all three are in this movie. Yeah, they are. It's great. It's fantastic. We, I tell you something. I mean, they, they didn't find a way to shoot uh, to, to crowbar uh, Hiroyuki Sonada in, even though he's Japanese. But, you know, it's Hollywood, so same diff to them. Well, he's going to be in uh, John Wick 3, isn't he? Of course he is, yeah. yes. But uh, we've got that to look forward to. I think we was in John Wick 3, the guy from... Uh, uh, from Iron Chef. What? Mark, what's his name? No. Mark Dacostas. Oh, uh, Dacascos. Dacascos, yeah, yeah. Dacascos, yeah, yeah, he was a crow for a while. 
Yes, he was. Well, yeah. So was I. Like, he, he you know was, what I mean? Everyone was. He was awesome. No, no, he was the crow on the Sci-Fi Channel TV series version. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought you meant he was lined up to be the, the, the new crow. No, he was in The Crow Stairway to Heaven, which was a TV adaptation of The Crow. Terrible. He was also one half of the two brothers of Double Dragon the movie, uh, in which he, we were expected to believe he was the twin brother of Scott Wolf. Mm. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah. But hey, that movie had Alyssa Milano, Blur yeah, on the did. soundtrack, and Robert Patrick as a villain. <laughs> So, what more do you want? Anyway, back to the point. Go and see Skyscraper. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, we had a great time with it. So, um, film is it going to be film of the week? That's the yes. question. Um, it's the most fun of a film you'll have this week. Um, I mean, Incredibles is, is, is a better film. Incredibles 2 is a better film. Go and see Incredibles 2. Path of Blood's really something. Uh, if you're in for a documentary, go and see that. Um... First Reformed, if you want the latest A24, as you've just pointed out. But also something that will really take you to a place you didn't expect. Go and see that. And of course, you know, for the popcorn crowd on Saturday night, when it's date night, go skyscraper, man. But uh, I had fun with it anyway. So did I. Yeah. Yeah, So did I. And also there's more Dwayne Johnson lines for us to repeat (laughs) forever now. So anyway, next week's going to be a fun one. What's coming out? Next week, Hotel Artemis is out. Oh, man. You know, yeah. this one looks like a bit like, uh, what's the Joe Carnahan movie where everyone's an assassin uh, and they're in the hotel in Las Smoking Vegas? Smoking Aces. Smoking Aces, yes. I was almost yeah. going to say the one where they all want to kill Jeremy Piven. But, uh, <laughs> but then I realised... That's, that's just real life, that's, that's just the film world. Yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. That's the entertainment industry. So yes, uh, Hotel Artemis is next week. Uh, we've got A Prayer Before Dawn next week as well. Uh, we've got The Receptionist. We've got a Bollywood film for a change. We've got The Dark next nice. week. Uh, we've got Spitfire next week. And we've got the documentary Generation Wealth, mm. which I'm looking forward to next week because that just sounds full of intrigue, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So a bit of a weird week. Yeah. Sounds like it should be a Marvel film. Around, <laughs> it's almost like, here. isn't it? But uh, yes, yeah, so we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been Candy Stoppage for On Screen. I've been Van Connor. I've been Case Allen. And we'll be back. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. But wait, there's more podcast. <laughs> what a sprightly way to introduce that, Mr. Allen. <laughs> well, you brought me a second coffee, so I'm happy. Oh, I'm finding you that easy to win over. Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, loads of film news to get through. Uh, yeah, this there's, week. there's been some decent stuff this week. Which yeah. Is good. I feel like we've had a bit of a drought. Yeah, it's been a bit. Uh, I think we've had that summer heat wave. No one can really be bothered. You know, yeah. it feels like the news was kind of like that as well. <laughs> a little bit. The news kind of lulled whilst the heat was going on. Now that now we're starting to get some cool breeze again, it's uh, yeah. Um, did you know we're going to get um, another Robocop? Another is it another reboot or another reboot call or another remake? I think or, it's a reboot call. Is it a re? Oh, oh, hang on. Yes, yes, I think it is. Yeah. So go on. This is just because the title is Robocop Returns. I believe. Who's the director again now? It's Neil Blomkamp of um, of Almost Did Aliens. Almost did the reboot. Call, yeah, the reboot call to Aliens, isn't he? Yeah. So he. He, he, he had a plan to do a reboot call. It doesn't care who it's for. Yeah, that just yeah. seems to be it, doesn't could be it? Robocop, could be Aliens, could be anything. Could be... <laughs> so, stop, stop my mum, will shoot. <laughs> so in the second act, um, oops, in, in the second act, uh, Dwayne Hicks comes back to life. And they're like, no, 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 Dwayne Hicks isn't in this franchise. I don't care. Dwayne Hicks comes back to life yeah. in the second <laughs> act. <laughs> 
but, but this, uh, is, this is the Care Bears uh, sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, I mean, so Neil Blomkamp's directing it and writing it, presumably, I believe. Is he, I think is he's he writing, writing, well, writing yeah. and directing it. Yeah. Okay, so interesting enough idea. Um, now the question, if it's going to be a sequel... Do they get Peter Weller back? Is this going to be set decades oh, yes, later? Please. That'd be amazing. That would be so good, wouldn't it? If you got like a RoboCop 2 that was set, you know, years later, yeah. maybe Delta City can actually be up and running in this version. Uh, that, that'd be an interesting one. Because yeah. we've never really seen that version, have we? True. They've never done it. But we shall see what they come up with, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, yeah, RoboCop Returns. So, yeah, I look forward to... Uh, yeah. I'll be optimistic. I'm more optimistic about that than them ever doing anything with that remake they did. Uh, the uh, Was it Juan Padilla? Yeah, who is quite a good filmmaker. But that Jose film Padilla? is just... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the... Uh, Jose? Jose. I think it was Jose, Jose Padilla. Padilla. Jose, yeah. Jose Padilla. Had um, a good cast, but it just... It felt like a lot of them were just there for the money. Yeah, oh, pretty much. Gary Oldman yeah. and Mikey. And, <laughs> Most definitely. I, don't know, I, I think, you know what? It's something of a trend, actually. To just do these sequels that are just going to cancel out these lesser sequels I really hope just be so. a sequel do you know well the new Terminator that's going to be a sequel that's going to be Terminator 3 isn't it yeah yeah um, 3B uh, Halloween is cancelling out a bunch of Halloween films that's 2B isn't it yeah yeah uh, Predator is, is not mm, is it is it set I think I read somewhere that there's enough hard acknowledgement of the continuity of Predators in it it is but it's not going to take into account like AVP or AVP hmm. Requiem or Whatever it was, it was was Requiem, wasn't it? Requiem, the one that was in a small town, it didn't make any goddamn sense. I just think that's that's a bit of a trend where we're getting these ones like featuring really great filmmakers. They're just like, we're we're not gonna, we'll do it properly. Yeah, Yeah, we'll we'll do it properly for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's know. exciting, I think. That is, yeah. yeah. I really wanted him to do the the Alien reboot. Yeah, that sounded amazing. His it really did, didn't it? And you know, then we got Alien Oven Count. God, yeah, because we all wanted that instead, instead of a really yeah. good sequel to Aliens. But, uh, oh, man. Anyway, um, one story I want to talk about. Chadwick Boseman has a new job. Yes, what and, is this? Uh, right, this, this, is, this is where it gets interesting. It's, um, it's going to be produced by the Russo brothers. It's going to be uh, produced by Joe and Anthony Russo, yeah. who made um, the Captain America movie, the last two Captain America movies. They made Civil War. Uh, Civil War. They made uh, Avengers Infinity War, and they yeah. made the fourth one to come as well. And they also made uh, Welcome to Collingwood. Which yes, is, uh, most importantly. M- yes. Most importantly, in their oeuvre. <laughs> and, oh, and they were producers on Community, if you want to get really technical about it. <laughs> yeah, they did a lot for uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> they did. Um, so they're going to direct this with the Black Panther himself. So Chadwick Boseman's going to star in it. He's going to play um, a, a a cop who's been sort of, had a fall from grace and gets a chance to uh, redeem himself when there's a citywide manhunt for a cop killer. Sure. So is the, a, is it a film or a TV show? No, it's a, a, a film. It's a, oh. it's a, a proper, it's an STX film as well you know STX are kind of on the rise at the yes, moment as are. a distributor and they put out things like uh, um, uh, I Feel Pretty recently and uh, yeah so that's, we've got that to oh, come cool. so. yeah I'd like to see something like that from them well it's got it's got Brian Kirk directing who's a TV director who's worked on like Game of Thrones oh so okay. yeah I mean Game of Thrones is turning to a bit of a proving ground for, for action directors it seems to be yeah because, well, we don't like shoot action scenes for like three weeks at a time. Who's that guy that did um, the Battle of the Bastards episode? And oh, he's, he's done like other massive, huge scale episodes like that. Is it Neil Marshall? It's not Neil, but Neil Marshall was known for doing those kind of episodes. He did the Battle, Battle of Blackwater Bay. Blackwater didn't he? Bay. Like and, yeah. and then, of course, like he got, well, he, he was doing films before that, but he, he got more work from that. Um, I forget the name of the, of the guy that did the Battle of the Bastards, but he's been touted as being like the next big, sort of, like yeah. action filmmaker. 
Um, huh. Uh, Alan Taylor. Obviously, well, n- yeah. not a massive fan of Dark World or Terminator Genesis, but thank God in Buzz Gigs. <laughs> Is anybody? Yeah. Um, here's one that might, a new story that might intrigue you. They're going to try doing a Buddy Holly biopic again. Ooh, who, this, who would we have? Well, this is a question, because that's the first place your mind goes to, isn't it? Yeah. Because have we had one since Gary Busey? Uh, I don't think. And he's pretty... He's pretty good. Pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's weird to think of him now as having started that. <laughs> but, because uh, didn't he get an Oscar nomination for it? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I think so, well, yeah. Because I think we've had this conversation before where you said Oscar nominee Guy Busey. And I was like, <laughs> I won't hear of it. And I think that it's true. I, I know it won, according to uh, the news source I've got in front of me, I know it won the Oscar for Best Adapted Score. So there's, yeah, there's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 1979, Best Actor in a Leading Role. Because I, I always get it confused with um, the Elvis biopic that Kurt Russell is in. And that was a TV film. Is that Miles to Graceland? Or? I think something like that. I'm yeah. not sure. But that's, that's a TV film. Also very good. But yes, yeah, so the, the movie that's coming now is uh, it's called Clear Lake. It's going to have uh, Buddy Holly's widow as uh, as a producer on it. So huh. it's going to be... An in, it's touted as being an indie film, but it's going to uh, depict uh, his 1958 score with Clarence Collins, which I'm sure you'd know more about than me. But uh, yeah, so... There you go. It's their, their, their time on the road in 1958. So Excellent. We shall see what comes of that. Um, apparently, it will be timed to uh, coincide with the 60th anniversary of Buddy Holly's death. So The plane crash. The plane crash. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's never been a film about uh, the Big Bopper. So yeah, there really Because has, of that, I feel there? like I don't know that much. Because there's been stuff about, obviously, Richard Valance. And... Yeah, never anything about the Big Bopper. You're right. Yeah. That's so weird, because you would think, Bopper, starring Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> or a uh, in his prime John Goodman yeah kind of yeah like 35 years ago um, so yeah. here's one you know have you seen that ridiculous image of Shazam that's been put out I kind of like it do you kind of like I it I kind of like it a lot I'm just like <laughs> oh I don't think you get the tone of your own universe at all that's the thing that's the thing if it was not connected at all mm. even if it was like what this Woker movie is going to be yeah where it's a DC film but it's not in the DCEU Great. But this is apparently DCEU, isn't it? You want to make first Bueller's superhero day off? Go do it. Go, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. But it's it's the it's the ridiculous fake padded muscles. That you're just like, oh man, how are we gonna take that seriously? It's just you know, at least Michael Keaton had molded rubber. You that's, know. that's it, yeah. But, but we are also to think that he is a child. And so if a child was going to have a costume, it would, it would be like, something uh, stupid. I suppose. I suppose you could make the argument. But anyway, yeah. uh it's got a villain now. And, yes, and I love this news. It's, oh, is he the villain? Is it? He's he's the he's the wizard. I didn't know. Oh no, sorry, he's not the villain. No, no, the wizard is the one who gives him the power. Sorry, Jaiman Honsu. Anyway, he's not the yeah. villain. Sorry, which is interesting because it was going to be uh, uh, Ron Cephas Jones. Yes, yeah, originally, yes. Who is in This Is Us and he's great in that. You would know him from uh, Luke Cage. Ah, I forget the name of the. It's the guy with the glasses and the cool hat. Yes, he's, he's like his older mentor guy. I know you mean. Yeah, uh, but if it was uh, a scheduling not conflict, not pops. It's yeah, yeah. But the guy that worked with pops, the guy that worked with pops, yeah, who still kind of run, still hangs out there. Yeah, in, in, say, yeah he's yeah. just like the older friend. Um, yeah, he was going to be a wizard, but there was a scheduling conflict. <laughs> so um, now, Gmon is in uh, DC and Marvel. He's going to be in DC and Marvel. He's going to be DC and Marvel within yeah. the space of about a year as well. Between worlds, yeah, because he's coming back. So because yeah. obviously he's Captain Marvel, he's going to be back in that and. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's so weird, isn't it? I'm really looking forward to that. I, but it, I really am. Captain Marvel and yeah. 
and, yeah. and, and Captain Marvel. And the Captain, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, yeah. yeah. It's so weird, isn't it? We're going to share a Gmon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's what just baffled me. Like, also, because I thought this was an actual brand that existed and it was being adapted, and I, I can't seem to find a record of it. So um, STX, who we just mentioned a few minutes ago, yeah. uh, they are putting out an animated feature called Ugly Dolls. One word. Now, I actually thought, hang on, that's an actual line of kids' dolls, isn't it? But uh, it doesn't seem to mention that in this in this article. Uh, apparently, Kelly Clarkson is going to voice one of them. Okay. So, yeah. So she's going to play a character called Moxie, who they confront what it means to be different, presumably in relation to the fact that they are referred to as ugly dolls. But, uh, yeah. So that, that's to come. So okay. it, it opens uh, next year. Ooh. And uh, Clarkson's going to be performing original songs uh, with Pitbull. Oh, you've lost me. You've lost me. Because you have to remove all class from the equation. (laughs) (sighs) You know, you just got to. Um, You remember Pure Flix? Remember them? They're that Christian uh, label. God's not dead, yeah. Yes. Remember, they've got that preacher guy who's actually the co-founder of the company who will retweet and reshare any coverage, no matter how bad. Didn't didn't he do that for you? And he did that for me after I literally ran a byline saying one of the worst films you will see on a cinema screen in 2016, I think it was. Um, (laughs) And he was like, ooh, on a cinema screen. Ooh, coverage. That's a a glowing endorsement. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so they are, uh, they're moving ahead. They're making a movie about the, uh, you know, the, the boys in the cave in Thailand. Mm. That's yeah. not going to be the title, is it? Well, no, but uh, th- I'm not sure what they're going to call it. But, yeah, they're, they're going to be making a movie about it, presumably to try and crow- crowbar in some uh, some kind of religious elements. Maybe God saved them from the, the cave. Or, uh. By the way, did you see that meme I sent you about that? that was, yes, uh, I did. Yeah. Was the end of the Simpsons monorail episode, but with Elon Musk. Yeah. My work here is done. You didn't do anything. Didn't I? Because <laughs> <laughs> he had so many ideas, didn't he? See, that's the thing. I've never quite gotten about Elon. I know this is unrelated to film entirely, although there's a prime opportunity for a film franchise in this. Um, with uh, Elon Musk, you sit there and think, you don't actually need to work again, ever. So why not just do, like, a sort of real-world equivalent of the Tony Stark thing, but instead of, like, fighting evil, you simply just show up at disaster zones like you're a member of Team Scorpion. Sort it out. Yeah, you just turn up and tech it out. I mean, I would love... Absolutely. If I were a billionaire, that is what I would do. That is the most fun thing I can think of in the universe, to simply show up and tech things out. That'd be awesome. But uh, anyway, um, so uh, Skyscraper, that was fun. It yeah, was, uh, we, had, we had good times. Do you we, think, we, think we'll get a, uh, a second skyscraper? Skyscraper 2, mezzanine. Oh, <laughs> that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> this time it's we get, in... We get Seagal as a rogue chef. Yeah, this time it's in Moscow. But, well, of uh, course. Cause, of course. Because Seagal, you know, and also to keep up with the with the trends. Yeah. Do you know, yeah, with it, I'm just reading about Trump right now. Are you? What are you reading about Trump? Uh, he's uh, just landed in the UK because, uh, you know, we, we sent him, sent him a gold envelope. Uh, an presumably, yes, yeah, yeah, presumably. Yeah, and uh, oh, he's, well. he's over here now, despite protests. Uh, okay, well, at least we've got the inflatable baby Trump thing going ahead. Uh, yeah. Just, just consider that. that. Consider that. Um, so, um, apparently, we've got plans for Marvel movies going through twenty twenty four. That's good. We'll be dead by then. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, but at least we'll know that you know Guardians three and Black Panther two are in production. That's just well, nice to know. Presumably, they'll be probably long out before then. <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. So it's always nice to kind of speculate about what, what it's going to be and say, oh, 
But he's going to be Namor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's certain ones that you know are coming. Like, you know, you know, Black Panther 2 is coming. You know, Spider-Man 2 and 3, obviously, are coming. Yeah. Uh, we can get Guardians 3. We can get, yeah, Doctor Strange 2 will come eventually. There'll be an Ant-Man 3. Yeah, you know, you know, we're getting those sequels. It's, yeah. it's, it's the new heroes that everyone's... Yeah, that's not it. So, Eternals... That'll seems happen. to be no, that'll all happen. but kind yeah. of confirmed because yeah. it's, it's better of new gods and DC had apparently doing new gods. Uh, well, yes, apparently with Ava DuVernay. Yeah. To which you just think nobody involved saw Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. Clearly nobody saw that. But uh, with the lettuce lady. <laughs> <laughs> and travelling through space by the power yeah. of love. But, uh Yeah. I tell you what was weird. Actually, it was you and I watching the trailer for Mortal Engines. Yeah, that I would be uh, farming out a film if it didn't have Robert Sheen in it. I just yeah, he just, just really sucks, pissed me off something. Mm. Yeah, unless that film is Geostorm, in which case I'm all in. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But uh, by the way, so uh, Geostorm, uh, I say I watched it the other week uh, on this last week. Sorry, on on Now TV because it's it's. I, it, I saw what it was on. It's been added to their roster, yes. and it was the first time I'd seen it since you pointed out to me that one of the uh, engineers is uh, the dude from uh, the remake of Overboard. He is Hernandez. Yeah, he is Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez, son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I absolutely took me out of it. I'm not going to lie because I was forced to re live uh, how bad uh, Overboard was. I'm going to launch in with some great news. Okay. Do you know where uh, JB Smooth from Kirby Enthusiasm... Do I? What was his name in Kirby Enthusiasm? Leon Black. Leon Black. Yes, I love him. Yeah. So good. Go on, what's he doing? Larry Longballs. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Longball Larry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love him. Uh, he has been cast in Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, Homecoming 2. Yeah. Oh, re- the re-homecoming? The but, home returning? Yeah. Two, two home, two homies. <laughs> but Spider-Man yeah, homies. That's interesting, because I wouldn't yeah. say that Donald Glover was particularly wasted in, in homecoming. So maybe it's, it's a, if it's a small role like that, for instance, where it's something that's surprisingly pivotal to the plot. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd imagine something like that. And actually, you look at, for instance, where Hannibal Barras fits into that in terms of like cable comics that they've shoehorned into small roles, mm. and Martin Starr. As well, yeah, she's pretty great. Yeah, like he stuff, yeah, yeah, it's good that they do that. They have those small roles, but of course, yeah. with it being Spider-Man, you know that those roles will be returned to. We'll be returning, yeah. So I wonder. Actually, I wonder if Donald Glover will return in some minor capacity. In, in possibly because, like, that character becomes the Prowler. Yes, he does. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. But we'll we'll see. I don't know. I don't know who he would who would be. It's just I feel like it is going to be something of a lead role because we've said that it's going to be. A lead character. It's interesting, isn't it? JP Smooth. What if uh, could he be? Huh. Could it be Jay Jonah? <laughs> oh god, that would be amazing. Could we have a black Jay Jonah? That that would be interesting casting. That that really would. Yeah. If because uh, it's, oh, it's, so it's good different actually. enough. Yeah. 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 Because you, you can't just have someone that's going to do a version of Jay Jonah like Jacket. Because it's. But that was perfect. It's, the best. it's, it's perfect. perfect, isn't it? You need to reinterpret. You cannot do J. Yeah. Jonas Jameson faithfully again. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, we are it's, done. Yeah. And yeah. that's before the man was winning Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> he perfected Jameson before he was winning Oscars. So, oh, just, different it is days. just the best. It really is. Yeah. Uh, have you heard about this new Julianne Moore role? She's, she's going to join Amy Adams in a thriller. In, in what? Uh, in Woman in the Window. Have they been in something together? I don't know. Have they Julian Moore and uh, I don't know. I don't think they have. I feel like that's they kind of su- that's kind of support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. But so the, the, the woman in the window is going to be Joe Wright's next film. 
Oh, really? Yes. It's going to start oh. Amy Adams as a psychiatrist who, um, uh, sorry, a child psychologist who's kind of a recluse and just sits in her apartment and drinks all day and watches old movies and spies on her neighbours. So far, so Hitchcock, mm, right? Just going to say. Yeah. And then apparently a family moving across the street. The mum is Julianne Moore, as we now know, uh, and then she's going to witness a shocking event involving this family that changes her life. So, so far, so Hitchcock. So far, so, yeah. so, so far, so far, so Hitchcock. Yeah, so, so yeah. far, rear window, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, this is Joe Wright's next one. <laughs> is um, Amy Adams in a wheelchair? I, well, I'll tell you what she has got. You're going to love this. Take leg. She's got a screenplay by Tracy Letts, is what she's got. Nice. Yes, I know. Oh, so, Killer I Joe. Love. I know, I know. I great that. actor, great writer. So, yeah. I mean, I, I need to rewatch Killer Joe. I, I, I really do. Yeah, but uh, I, well, I, I, I told you about the original stage version. Yeah, there, I and didn't who know. was who was in it. By the way, I, I, I'm not sure if I've asked you this recently. Did that Alec Baldwin Few Good Men show ever take place? Good question. Let's have a look because yeah. I've I've not heard anything about it. I really want to see a live version. Yeah, I, I don't of know if it's happened or. Yeah, I need to look into that. I think it was only recently when we heard about it, so I don't think it would have happened yet. Hmm. But um, okay. I talk about something that is going to happen. Uh, you've heard about um, uh, Spawn, the new Spawn film that's going to happen. Yeah, this is Todd McFarlane's been trying to get this made for about thirty years. So yeah, with him as writer, him as sorry, director, twenty-one years. Sorry, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. John, no Johnny Legs this time. Sadly not. No, no Martin of the Sheens. Of the no Calif- Martin of the California of, of, Sheens. Of the family Sheens, no. Mm. Um, we have got a Jane Fox to play Spawn, which I was cool with. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's perfectly good casting. I mean, I thought Michael Jai White was perfect last time around, casting-wise, and I think he could still pull it off now. Yeah, but, it was just in a bad film. Yeah, but Jamie, yeah. But Jamie Fox is a bigger star. Yeah, so he's a name. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, he's not He's not Black Dynamite, but... but uh, no, no, he's not, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, um, go on, what else we got then? Uh, Jeremy Renner is going to be in the cast as uh, uh, Twitch. Is that that's uh, his that's cop friend? Yeah, he's it's like his commissioner Gordon in a way. Kind of. Yeah, I think he's like the one good cop, and everyone else is corrupt. That's kind yes. of the idea. Yeah. Okay, I can see that working. We better get him some round glasses. Will he have the leather biker jacket and some sort of check shirt underneath? I really hope so. Okay, good. Because that's that's pivotal for a Jeremy Renner performance. Yes, that's yeah. what we need. Yeah, yeah. the kind of slip back air. So speaking of Jamie Foxx, not film news, uh, something I watched uh, last night during the, uh, when the England game was on, because I needed to watch something else. Um, I watched The Great White Hype from 1996-97, starring Samuel L. Jackson as a parody of a sort of satirical parody version of Don King. I saw this pop up on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. And Um, I I, I don't... I don't think I've ever heard of it before. Oh, I guess better. It's it's it's, it's basically he uh, his his fighter is is Damon Wayans, great. Like his champ is Damon Wayans, but the viewer figures are dropping off, and he realizes it's because nobody wants to to pay to see brothers fight brothers no more, as he puts it, <laughs> uh, which is the version of that line that's in the trailer, and decidedly not the version that's in the film. Just FYI, mm. um, fill in your own words. Fill in your own words. Yes, but um, he then decides he's going to create artificially create the first white boxing star to take on his black fighter and he picks peterberg so it's uh future future battleship director peterberg Peterberg. yeah wow so yeah and and uh, and i just saw who else is in it and i was just gonna tell you featuring as a sort of sleazy antagonist sir jeff goldblum ladies and gentlemen of the philadelphia goldblums is that pittsburgh no it's pittsburgh goldblums isn't it go on what you what you gonna ask is that Gimli as well? Yes, it is. And he is a racist British boxing promoter who at one point gets told off and called Pavarotti. Well. As as one does. This looks great. 
Yep. I yep. need to see this. You absolutely must watch it. It's, it's absolutely worth watching. It's uh, goofy. It's uh, It's got Michael Jace in it before he was sent to prison. And uh, <laughs> This is a crazy cast as well. It really is a bonkers cast, yes. John and, Lovitz, Cheech Marin. <laughs> yes, John Lovitz is in there. And uh, it, was, it was... Oh, Susan Gibney, I believe, appeared in a small role yeah. as well. And uh, there's just loads of people in there that just went on to become sort of someone. But uh, anyway, worth checking out. I hadn't seen it in many years. I thought I'd share it with you because of your uh, your connection to Jeff Goldblum. Absolutely. And uh, I mentioned a Goldblum film to you earlier. Yes, Vibes, uh, I believe. Vibes. It? Yes. Uh, let me just show you the poster. It's uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, and Cindy Lauper. Oh, I have seen that one. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, that was, that's what it was called. Thank you. I uh, watched that many, many years ago in the VHS era. And I think it was around the same time as I discovered Bruce Willis and Kim Cattrall. Uh, no, Bruce Willis and Kim Basinger in Blind Date. You know yeah. those really naff yeah. late 80s rom-coms? You know the kind of... Yeah, Andrew McCarthy was in a bunch. There's one with uh, Marissa Tomei and uh, Robert Downey Jr. What is that called? What is that called? First of all, first of all, I don't remember the title. But second of all, <laughs> whatever that title was, it was automatically a classic because it had Aunt May and Tony Stark in a rom-com together. Yeah. Okay, that's something we should it, respect. It, it was pedigree. like Soap Dish um, era... What is it? Man, what I can't is remember. It? Marissa Tomei. Uh, this is great podcasting. Yeah, where we are podcasting the hell out of this. Um, junior movies. While you look that up then, I'll just tell you one last piece of film news. <laughs> Only you. Only you! Thank you! That Only was it! You. Yes! And, and there's an RDJ movie where he's got like Guardian Angels. What You like it as well. What is it? And it's got Charles Charles Godin. Charles Godin. When he's a kid. Angels got, in the Outhouse? No, no, no not the one. When he's a kid, he's got guardian angels. No, no. Yeah, I mean, they like come back when when he's like a fully grown man, and he has to like help them like achieve dreams and stuff. I honestly can't remember what this That's is. That's a great. It's a great film. Okay, yeah, well, I'm sure it'll come back to me. Uh, T- tell me a thing whilst I look it up. Okay, so um, you know Ben Rhodes. Do you remember the name Ben Rhodes? I don't. He was the national security chief under uh, Obama. If you saw the documentary, the final year, which All I think right. came out earlier this year. Uh, very good documentary about the last year in the Obama presidency. There's a lot of Ben Rhodes in there. Um, his biography, his uh, his memoir, sorry, is uh, is being turned into a film now. Oh. And it is going to follow all eight years of Obama's presidency from the perspective of this national security and also how he balances his home life with the difficult, you know, difficult challenge of uh, maintaining security for the planet. Big job. Big job. Yeah. You know, the kind of job you can just fire people from willingly. But, Apparently uh, so. What was that one? Heart and Souls. Heart and Souls, yes, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, my God. How did I forget it's that? It's a good film. You were telling me, and I'm for some reason envisioning, what the hell was the Albert Brooks one in The Afterlife with Meryl Streep? Oh, my God. Really Defendi- like Defending Your Life. Yes. Yes, yeah. I love that movie. I mean, I feel like I shouldn't, but I love that movie. He's got so many great films where he, he was the director. Yeah, yeah he really did, didn't he? But uh, I saw that just on, on cable one night when I was a kid, and not knowing anything about it, just kind of got sucked in. Loved it. You know, um, Cassie watched uh, Broadcast News for the first time last year. Because it's on now TV? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, there you but go. That film, man. Yeah, I know. And then she kind of like turned and she was like, so that, that kind of explains it, looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looking at Albert Brooks. Uh, yeah, looking yeah. at young William Hurt. <sighs> yep. Yeah. But uh, I, I like broadcast news. I need to watch that again. But uh, yeah, so anyway, so uh, the news of uh, uh, of the Ben Rhodes biography, that's called, uh, by the way, The World As It Is. Mm. So not a telling title at all. Um, yeah, so we've got that to come. That's being developed at the moment. So yeah. 
that's kind of it for this week. That's kind of everything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've covered a lot of ground. We have covered a lot of ground. Hang on, I've got one last list of little news bits to to skip through. Oh, uh, Comic-Con is screening an uncut version of Daredevil 2 this year, apparently. Okay. Uh, which is the, called the Super Duper Cut, apparently. Deadpool. Said Daredevil. Oh, sorry, Deadpool. I always do that, don't I? Yeah. Yeah, so I've done that before, actually. But, uh, oh, well, that was it. Uh, that was the bit I was saving for you. Uh, Bobby Cannavale's new job. What is it? He is going to play the love interest in Melissa McCarthy's new comedy. Get him. Get him. I know. Nice. Um, it's called Super Intelligence. It's going to be directed by Ben Falcone. Try and be shocked. Um, <laughs> I know. They never work together. It's uh, starting filming this month. It's going to be out next Christmas, a so Christmas 19. Excellent. It's going to start Melissa McCarthy as a corporate executive whose unfulfilled life is uh, taken over when she's uh, chosen as the guinea pig for a new experimental artificial intelligence program that like observes a person and interferes in their life huh. and uh, that's going to be voiced by james corden i'm out yep <laughs> so, but yeah but think about it how annoying would it be to have james corden's voice follow you everywhere and tell you what to do that's a good point yeah so yeah. you can see the recipe for comedy kind of right there really i can yeah but, yeah um, i mean that's that's a step above russell brand for me have you seen the trailer for that um, uh, Sorry to Bother You film? Yes, I have, and I oh, love I it. I can't wait. wait. Is that Lakeith? Is that Lakeith? Lakeith Stanfield, yeah. Lakeith Stanfield? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Boots Riley is the director. Yes, but, um, Boots Riley. Big, big retweeter. Yes, yes, he is. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's, he's told to use his white voice, and the white voice is, <laughs> is David Cross. <laughs> I kind of love that as well, that it's David Cross. That that's that's the definition of the white voice. Yeah. I am... Um, <laughs> I'm so excited for that film. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think that's got some. Uh, I think that's got some potential going yeah. for it. But uh, right, so that uh, that brings us to a, a close for this week, then. Yeah. So uh, right, well, I mean, that's nothing left to do. But uh, but this is the most uh, comfortable podcast we've ever done. It, it is, isn't it? We've been so relaxed. Yeah. Uh, in which case, we'll we'll leave you with uh, some more relaxation and self awareness. Here it is, your moment of cage. I will say that maybe the reason why these. Uh, YouTube mashups of me freaking out became so popular is because in every man and in every woman there's the potential to be a Joe or the potential to be the va- a vampire's kissing Peter Lowe and Judy Alphabet screaming your psychiatrist's face. I think people can understand that and there's an id release there and they're getting off on it vicariously so I'm going to take it as a compliment.